David Woodwell. Welcome to another installment of Pennsylvania Legacies, the Pennsylvania Environmental Council's podcast of various and all things relating to environment and conservation in Pennsylvania and people who can make it work, interesting characters, fun people. And today I'm very thrilled to have with us Kiara Vaughn, who is a rising 2L at the University of Pennsylvania Law School. And also went to Penn undergrad and spent summer at the law firm of Manco Goldcatcher and Fox as a summer associate. Welcome. Thank you. So you are a law student, and I have to admit I was once too. And my reasons for going may have been different. I was sort of in late 20s trying to figure out what to do with jobs and needing another degree and went and wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Uh, you've done more of a direct jump from pen to pen. Yes. So why law school? Well, I grew up around the law. My mom's a paralegal, so I would always go to work with her and sit and watch the attorneys work in their offices. And even though I had no idea what they were actually doing, I thought it was amazing and cool. And I grew up in the Bronx, about a 15, 20-minute walk from Yankee Stadium, and it wasn't the best neighborhood to grow up in, so I witnessed a lot of things that, you know, you don't really want children to be witnessing. And I wanted to change that. So I married my two passions, law and wanting to do better and make the situation and environment better for my peers and figured law school would be the best way to do that. So that's how I ended up there. So how'd you end up in Philly? Why Penn? Uh, so I went to Penn because my mom had just recently moved to the Poconos from New York and also had just recently had my sister who was turning seven and I didn't want to be far, too far away that I couldn't go back and be a part of her life. But I did want to be far enough away that I could have my own life. So I figured that Penn would be the happy medium. And then in terms of law school, I did look at other places and other areas. I considered going back to New York since that's where I grew up. But nothing nothing compelled me to leave Penn. I was just so happy where I was. The city is great. I didn't always think it was great as a New Yorker. I thought New York was everything. But it definitely grew on yeah. me, and I fell in love with the city, I fell in love with the school, and I'm happy I stayed. So have you fallen in love with law school? <laughs> That's the question, right? <laughs> but, well, I don't hate law school. Yeah. So law school, it's a very, it's a very interesting piece. It's nothing, nothing like you would expect. Um, I think everyone has their horror stories or you know love stories about what they're going through, and it's different for everyone. But I will say that I have enjoyed law school. It has been very, very difficult and very, very challenging. But I kind of thrive on that stuff because when I get through it, it's so rewarding. The feeling is like nothing else. And standing here looking back at my first year of law school and saying, Kiara, you made it through. You're at a firm this summer. You know, things are going well for you. I mean, I can't even describe in words the feelings that I get thinking about that. So Definitely you, happy with it. Do you think differently now than you did a year ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did they do to you? Or what did they do to <laughs> any of us? <laughs> you definitely analyze things a lot more. Um, I'm very particular with word choice, too, now. So if I'm having a conversation with my friends or family and they say something, and I know what they mean, but it's just they're saying it a little off, I will be so quick to correct them. I'll be like, well, actually, you mean this. This is what you're trying to say. And um, you learn to play the devil's advocate a lot. 
Um, and the fact that it's so litigation focused, you kind of get a little trigger happy with, with suing people. So the other day it was supposed to be this crazy thunderstorm and the weather, like the weatherman predicted it and it didn't happen. And I got really upset because if I made that kind of mistake as a lawyer, I'd probably be sued for malpractice. So I wanted to sue the weatherman, even though yeah. I had no standing and like no reason to do so. Um, so I think that's, that would be a change. I was never this trigger happy of suing people. Okay. So what, yeah, what other profession can you be wrong 80% yeah. of the time you do success? <laughs> yeah. So that, but in, in terms of classes, now we talk about, you know, Pennsylvania legacies and it's an environmental organization. Did you go into this thinking about environmental law? I didn't actually. Um, I have always had a spot for the environment in my heart. When I was in middle school, I sent a petition to the government to have cleaner buses in New York City, which actually happened. I don't think it was you know, all because of me. <laughs> Take credit for it. right, yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't go in focused on environments law. I went in focused on family law, again, trying to change the kind of situation that I grew up in. And I did a clinic for family law every day. Um, it was once a week, actually, for the whole year. And it was very trying. And so I spent my second semester trying to explore different areas of law to see if anything else interested me. Um, because I knew I couldn't do family law day in and day out. And I took a variety of different classes, one of which was environmental law. And I didn't think I would like it because, you know, I wasn't all gung-ho about environmental law. But... It was absolutely fascinating to see all the different areas that, you know, the environmental law touches, and I, I just loved it. So I'm really happy that I ended up at an environmental law firm, and I get to go a little bit deeper than what I learned in class. That's pretty cool. All yeah. right, so are you, what do you, as you're looking forward to the second year and maybe some more electives and off options, what are you looking at taking? Um, I definitely want to take transactional type classes because that's the type of law I'm really interested in. In terms of specific classes, I'm not sure yet because they're actually just going to release the available classes that we have so that way we can sign up for them. But I'm hoping to continue exploring the different areas of law. Though my mom was a paralegal and I kind of grew up in the legal area, I didn't grow up with an attorney for a parent. So it's a different perspective, and I don't really understand the law like some of my peers do, and I really want to take the chance. Because, you know, you go out and you start practicing, and you get into a niche area, maybe, and you start to specialize, and what other chance are you going to have to learn about all these different areas of law? So you're doing environmental for the summer with the summer associate at mm -hmm. Mango which is a firm with which Peck is very closely associated. I'll put that out there in full disclosure. Um, how's that going? I mean, what's what's the summer associate experience like? I mean, I think, you know, there are movies that talk about it and everything else, but what's it really like? Um, it's great. It's, it's amazing, and it's exceeded all of my expectations. Um, you learn, you hear from students that going into a law firm, it's going to be ridiculous. You're going to be doing grueling work, working very long hours, not having a lot of fun, um, doors closed everywhere, being intimidated by the people you're working with. And Manko is nothing like that. Every door is open. They encourage you, if you need to leave the office, to go ahead and leave the office. Um, everyone is very approachable and very kind and really wants to make sure that you're learning. So, you know, I've gotten great feedback. I've identified problem areas that I personally want to work on. And 
I mean, I've absolutely enjoyed it. And there's there's that fun side too. You know, we're going out to lunch every day and <laughs> going to soccer games and baseball Excellent. games. So that's been a lot of fun. And I've definitely explored even more of Philly. I've been here for five years now, so you would think I know a bit about Philly, yeah. but apparently I don't. <laughs> so that's been great. So you're about a third of the way through this law school experience thing. Mm-hmm. At the end of three years, what do you want to do? That's a good question. Um, I know I want to be practicing law. I want to be a practicing attorney. I know I don't want to go into the public policy side of things. Um, I will be starting my own nonprofit, so I'll be doing that along with practicing. But if we're going to get more specific than that, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be a little bit hard (laughs) to answer that. Yeah, I mean, and, and things things change so quickly. I mean, I came into law school saying I'm going to do family law. And then within Mm. nine months, I'm looking for something new to do. So, I mean, who knows where I'll be another nine months from now, let alone two years, you know? But something you do sound pretty committed to is, I mean, going back to growing up in the Bronx, seeing the life, getting out, but also then talking about your own nonprofit. What do you want to do with that? Yeah, so the way I got out of where I was was through education. I had teachers who really saw my potential and pushed me so I could get farther. They reached out to charter schools to see if I can get admitted. And it was through my fifth grade teacher in particular, how I got out of um, my little Catholic school and into a school that was more prestigious and more challenging. And I think that really set me on the path to get to where I am now. And in a world where children who grew up in the situation that I grew up in are often hearing that they can't do it and they're stuck where they are and they can't really get out of it and there's nothing they can do. I want to be the voice telling them you can do it and I did it and you can do it too. And so I want to create a program that presents professional and mentorship opportunities to underprivileged students. My ideal version of this would be that I work with different firms in different areas. So the law, maybe real estate, medicine, and each person would sponsor a student and they would meet them at a central location, hear some panels about what it is to work in that area, be able to ask um, their mentors, they would become the student's mentors, they would be able to ask them, you know, whatever they want to know about it. And then hopefully at some point down the line, you know, they can get an internship at that firm, even if it's to the point that through the nonprofit, I would raise money and present a stipend so that way they don't have to worry about financing and things like that. And that way they can get exposed to it because today it's so much about who you know and who's willing to connect you to the next person to get you to where you need to be. And I think that, you know, if I didn't have people looking out for me and doing my connections for me, I definitely wouldn't be here. So I want to give back a little and be that bridge so that people can get from where they are to where they really want to be. So where are you going to do this? Um, I'm hoping to start it in Philly because that's where I am and that's um, probably I might be here for a while. You know, I really do like the area. I don't see myself moving right now. Um, but like I said, I would like just to bring them to a central location and that location can change from year to year. So it could be in Philly this year. It can be in San Francisco next year. It can be in Boston next year. As long as we have that commitment from the firms to say, sure, I'll mentor this person and I'll also sponsor this person to get them to where they need to be. Then I think that you can open up open it up to a wide variety of places. And that helps the students learn more about the area too, because 
I know I never left the Bronx when I was living there, so it'd be great to be able to expose them to more areas. So I'm going to flip this around a little bit. Okay. You're talking about starting a nonprofit. Yeah. You're in law school. Yeah. You can do the legal work yourself. Yeah, well, <laughs> personally, I don't think I'm qualified to do the legal work myself yes. yet, um, yet, but I will be taking classes um, in law school that direct towards corporations and um, things like that so that even if I'm not doing it myself, I'm comfortable enough with it to be able to check what someone else is doing and make sure that I'm, I'm okay relying on that person, but I am going to be taking legal classes. I'll also be taking a certificate for nonprofit administration so I can get the business side of managing. Um, so I'm definitely trying to get all the skills I need or at least a basic level of all those skills. And hopefully I can grab people and add them to my team so that way I have a lot of people I can rely on. That's very cool. So <laughs> Thanks. you're talking about going back and fixing some stuff. Is somebody responsible for that? That Why... Why is it left to you? Not that you shouldn't do this, believe me, this is phenomenal. <laughs> but why is what's fallen down that it's left to you to have to go back and fix this? I think that there's a dialogue right now in the nation that people who aren't where they want to be, um, it's because they don't deserve to be there, because they're not working hard enough to be there. And, you know, everyone sees America as this meritocracy where if you work hard, you'll move to the next panel. And I think for the most part, that's true. You're not going to get anywhere, no matter how many connections you have, unless you can put in that work. So I can take a student who doesn't really care about what they're doing and get them matched with the law firm. But is that law firm going to want to retain them and keep them and they can't do the work? No. But I can take those students who are working hard and who are showing that they are dedicated and demonstrating that this means a lot to them and form that connection that's not there anymore, um, that's not there to help them get to the next place. You know, I think that it's a it's a combination of a lot of different things, the way the money is being spent nationally, you know, the priorities that we have um, it's just not completely focused on children and the education that they need that can get them out or even not even just, you know, academic education, but cultural education and things like that, that are all very, very important for someone to become well-rounded and to get far. And, you know, I can't fix all of that by myself, but if I can show that you can move forward, then maybe, other people will pick up on that and, you know, it'll get better. So somehow what you're doing can maybe help institutional change. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would hope so. I would hope that people at higher levels see that students who are in underprivileged neighborhoods or uh, come from underprivileged backgrounds, they can be just as great as those who come from privileged backgrounds. And it's not a matter of them not caring. It's a matter of them not having anyone else care about them and what they're doing. And if you have an example of students who can do that, then that alerts the institutions to say, hey, let's put some resources here because it's no longer the idea that they're not worth it. They don't deserve it. It's just that they need the support that we give to everyone else, too. So it's not just giving the kids a chance. It's giving others a chance to see things differently. Yeah. And and work it through. Mm -hmm. So when's this going to happen? Well, um, as you said, I'm starting classes next fall. The certificate, I should have a certificate by the time I graduate. And the way the program is, the way it works, which is why I chose it, is that it's very practical. So they walk you through writing your mission statements, 
writing um, grant applications. So that way, as I'm going through the classes, I can actually be getting it off the ground and taking what I learn and producing those classes and going out into the real world and trying to raise money for it and get it started. So I'm hoping that by the time I graduate law school, I will have the foundation in place to, if it hasn't started already, get it off the ground after I finish law school. And I have a feeling you're not going to have trouble attracting supporters for this. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, at least in the legal field, there's been a great push for diversity and inclusion, right? That's like one of the big, big buzzwords out there now. Um, and I've met with a lot of people who seem to be very, very dedicated to that whole idea of diversity and inclusion and pro bono work. And so I think that this is going to be a foundation that people will be happy to invest in because everyone's everyone's starting to see like it's not okay for you to just have a team that looks the same and does the exact same thing clients now they want to see a diverse team they want to see who's doing work on their matters and I think that that's rebounding and you know people are going to be happy to invest in this kind of a program that helps provide a more diverse team for them so how far do you see the reach of this going um, I really want it to... What's the big dream? <laughs> the big dream is that it goes global, yeah. whatever that means, right? Um, everyone wants the, everything to be global, but I guess realistically, I really want it to, to be national. I don't want it to be something that's you know confined to one city, one geographic location. There are students all over the country, all over the world who can benefit from this kind of thing. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of programs that do try to do this, but... Um, they're focused on sports or perform, uh, performing arts or things like that. And there's not a lot of it that's focused on education and professional opportunities until you get to the place like college or law school where maybe you don't need it as much as those who are below you do, right? So I went to a diversity leadership academy this past April put on by a law firm, and I loved it because... I don't think law firms really do that yet, and they're on the cutting edge of it, where they're bringing a group of diverse people, not even people who are going to their firm, but just people who are in law school, to teach them about what the law is about and show them that they care. And I loved it, but the thought occurred to me, I'm already here. Like, I already got to law school. Now, how do we get people to get to law school so they can get access to this? And so I want to focus on getting people to the point where they have all this stuff showering down on them, where they have laws, law firms emailing them saying, hey, come over to this event at this restaurant so we can mingle and get to know you. So I think that's that's where the gap is. So that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. This point in this thing, I often ask people what they think they want their legacy to be. I don't have to ask that. You've been talking about <laughs> it. And uh, it's really phenomenal. And thank you. What, thank you for taking this time and doing this and wish you the best of luck in this. Thank you. Kirvan, uh, who is second year at Penn Law School, and I hope we can say is a transplanted Pennsylvanian now, uh, <laughs> that we stole her from New York and can keep her. Uh, so thanks again for doing this. Thank you for and having me. folks, listen for the next installment of Pennsylvania Legacies. And uh, until then, it's David Woodwell. Thanks. Legacies is a production of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. The views expressed by guests and even by the host are not necessarily those of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Our thanks to Regan Curry, who produces the show for us, and also to M Sound Recording Studios, who provides us with studio space in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
check them out. It's a great facility if you need recording work. And look for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council at www.pecpa.org and find many of our projects and policy work there. Thanks for listening.